So what is your view of Moses been as we've gone through our series? Is it a Charlton Heston type figure standing with his staff saying, let my people go? I was going to grow the beard, but my wife doesn't like it. She says I look like Father Christmas, so there you go. Or if you're of a younger generation, do you think of the Christian Baal type of warrior fighting alongside Pharaoh and taking on the Egyptians? Well, of course, both of those are completely wrong. Hopefully, a clearer picture of Moses has been emerging to you over this series that we've been bringing. One thing we can say surety is that Moses was chosen for his role very carefully by God and brought up from a young babe to fulfill the purposes that God had for him. He became the greatest of all the Old Testament prophets, and the Old Testament mentions him 767 times through the Bible. Only King David gets more mention. Whilst Abraham is remembered as the ancestor of Israel, Moses was considered to be its founder. Throughout his very long life, Moses was intimately involved with the people of Israel. He endured the ten plagues with them, the exodus, crossing the Red Sea, delivering the Ten Commandments, and much, much more besides. In fact, Joshua later writes of him, Never since has there arisen a prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. He was unequaled for all the signs and wonders that the Lord sent him to perform in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants and his entire land. And for all the mighty deeds and all the terrifying displays of power that Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. God called Moses to him on Mount Sinai and said something of extreme importance that he wanted Moses to take back to the people. And it bears repeating again here. He says, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the Israelites, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore... If you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession. Out of all of peoples, indeed, the whole earth is mine, but you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to Israel. Pretty powerful stuff. They'd been slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years. They'd walked across the desert. They'd crossed the Red Sea, they'd arrived in Sinai, and now God says to them, you will be my treasured possession if you will obey my commandments. They will become also a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. The following part is Moses, as we've seen in the video, delivering the Ten Commandments, and it goes on to put all of the rest of the laws. But one of the things we read earlier on about Moses is that he was somewhat reluctant to be a prophet. He had stood against Pharaoh, arguably the most powerful king 
He'd watched the outcomes of the ten plagues, the Passover, the crossing of the Red Sea. And now he tells the people that God wants them to become what they will become. But as I said earlier, he was a prophet that was reluctant. Now, as you go through the Old Testament and you read the lives of the prophets, it wasn't an easy job being God's mouthpiece for the people. But Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor even now that you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who gives speech to mortals? Who makes them mute or deaf? Or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you are to speak. But he said, O oh my Lord, please send somebody else. If you want a fuller discourse, Exodus chapters 3 and 4 give a much fuller version of the conversations between God and Moses. But one of the things it demonstrates to us is that Moses was very much like us. If God was to appear to you and say to you, I want you to go to the Houses of Parliament right now and tell the government what's wrong and what I, the Lord, are going to do, would you have the courage to do that? Moses, throughout his life, fulfilled many roles for the Israelites. He was originally a member of the Egyptian royal family. You can read about in Exodus 2, verse 10. He was a fugitive. He was a prophet, which is the subject of what we're speaking about today. He was a mediator between the people and God. He was a judge. He was a writer. He wrote the first five books of the Old Testament. He wrote Psalm 90 and possibly Psalm 91. There are many examples I could have used to illustrate Moses as a prophet, but I've chosen this one because this is the moment God uses Moses to create the Jews. They go from being Israelites and starting with the laws, they become the Jewish nation. Now the people of Israel had been walking for quite some time. So even from Rephidim to Sinai was 38 kilometers. And they'd been walking now for 47 days since they crossed the Red Sea to enter into that place. But as is usual with people and with us, they immediately made mistakes from the first part when the law was given to them. Moses had met with the elders, told them what the Lord had said, and the Lord said, you will be to me a treasured possession. You will be priests and a holy nation. You would have thought, wow, that's pretty impressive considering 47 days ago we were running for our lives from the Egyptian army. We then look through the giving of the Ten Commandments when Moses goes up and the laws that continue through Leviticus and Numbers as we'll see in succeeding weeks. 
But then, so far, so good. But then we come to a massive fail. When the people saw that Moses was delayed, because he was 40 days and nights on the mountain, the people gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come, make gods for us. Who shall go before us? As for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what's become of him. Aaron said to them, Take off the gold rings that are in the ears of your wives, your sons and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from them, formed it into a mold, and cast the image of a calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up and out of the land of Egypt. Whoops. Have you ever prayed for something for you not to do something? And then, maybe even seconds later, you do exactly that thing straight away. Are you beginning to see similarities between Christians and the Jews? Are some things beginning to come apparent for you? So here we have a people who were not long ago homeless, in slavery. They were on the run, running from the most powerful army that there was in the world at that time. They'd just been told, you are my treasured possession. Well, Moses isn't about, so let's get a nice golden calf and worship that instead. Worshipping a worthless idol. Again, does that sound a bit familiar to us as Christians? Jesus says to the religious elite in his day, do not think I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom you have set your hope. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe what he wrote, how will you believe what I say? And if we look at the Old Testament and the stories of the Jews over and over again, they turned against God, were punished, and were brought back. Moses himself gave this prophecy that came from God. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You shall heed such a prophet. This is what you requested of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, If I hear the voice of the Lord my God any more, or ever again see the great fire, I will die. And the Lord replied to me, They are right in what they have said. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their own people. I will put my words in the mouth of the prophet who shall speak to them everything that I commanded. Anyone who does not heed the words of what that prophet said, I myself will hold accountable. So the prophet, of course, is Jesus. And there are many parts of the New Testament where Jesus confirms he is indeed the prophet. Barry's reading from Hebrews this morning points to the importance of Christ over Moses as the son rather than just the prophet. We know that Moses was perhaps the greatest Old Testament prophet. He was, in fact, the blueprint for the prophets who came afterwards. There are over 
736 different laws in the Old Testament pertaining to the Jewish people. And even today, within the Orthodox Jewish faith, there are still some 310 that they try to obey. If they wouldn't believe Moses, as they clearly believed the bits that were nice, the bits that they thought helped them, again, do you see the similarity between them and us? Itching ears, only hearing what you want to hear, only reading the parts that you want to read. And those things that we struggle with, and we all do struggle with different parts of Scripture, or we'll just ignore that for the time being. In Exodus it says, Now therefore if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession out of all the people. Indeed, the whole earth is mine, but you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. Then we read in 1 Peter, But you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. If you read through Matthew's Gospel and you read the Sermon on the Mount, the commandments we are expected to follow as Christians are actually tougher than the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments says, Thou shalt not kill. But Jesus said, Even if you're angry with a brother, you have killed. But praise be to God, he has given us the Holy Spirit and the Bible. Remembering that the Jews on Mount Sinai did not have the Torah. It had not yet been written. They didn't have the Bible and they didn't know of the Holy Spirit. We have absolutely no excuse for not being obedient to the commandments of Christ. Yet we do have itching ears. Look at the division in the Christian church today. If anyone's ever travelled to America, the next time you go, pick up the telephone directory and open the page at the churches and just 50 or 60 pages of different denominations. Itching ears. What leads you in your daily devotion with Christ? Is it Christ and your Bible or is it something else you might have looked at on the internet, you might have read in another book? Moses the prophet led God's people in the way that God expected them to live. They tried to take each law individually and live by that. And Jesus said that is not the right way to follow the laws. He is the fulfillment of the laws. He says, two commandments, love the Lord your God with all your soul, all your heart, and all your mind. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. In these, the law and the prophets are fulfilled. It is the way we live as Christians, the way we are with each other, the way the world views us. People who know me well get really bored when I say, when you walk out of that door, how will they know you are a Christian? 
how? And even within the body of the church, do you just stick with the people you know? Do you look for people who are on their own or who may look bad? Do you incorporate everybody into the body of Christ? That's what the fellowship of the saints is about. We are no different in many respects from the early Jewish nation. We are a continuation of God's people. Jesus tells us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that is the only way, the only way to come to God. The Sermon on the Mount, the Gospels, the letters of Paul illustrate how we ought to be living our lives. This is what God expects of his people. When we live that way, we start to bring the kingdom of God into our churches. We start to look different from the world around us. Quite often, I hear in certain churches, we need to make ourselves more relevant to the world. And I say, no, we need to make the world more relevant to the church, to the teachings of Jesus. But the key, both for the Jews and for us, and the take-home message today is obedience. Dirty word for most people. You need to be obedient to the teachings of Jesus Christ. You need, as the Jews had to be obedient to the laws that were laid out by Moses. The Jews rebelled because they got bored easily. They didn't want to do what Moses was telling them. And I think Barry's doing Leviticus. <laughs> when you go through the book of Leviticus, you think, how did they live like that? How did they do that? But even today, and Barry probably knows more than most of us about if you go to Israel, the Jews live their lives every moment of every single day governed by the laws. And we could live every moment of every day under the commandments of Jesus. Not because Jesus is being a dictator, because he loves you. He wants the best for you. He wants to encourage you to live the best life you can. Do we need reminding of these facts? Absolutely. Peter, in his second letter, tells us, I know you know these things, and I have to keep reminding you, and I want it written down so that you can be reminded of certain characteristics. You can read Peter's letter to this very day. We are like the Jewish nation in the book of Exodus, in how we think and how we behave. We have a strong series of commandments. We have been given by the Lord, our Bibles, each other, and the Holy Spirit to help us walk in the way that we should. But we have to be obedient. That's the take-home message today. Be obedient to the commandments of Christ and walk in his ways, even if you find it difficult. We all do. Sometimes you think, I don't really want to talk to that person. They're not very nice. But one of my old pastors used to point to somebody and say, look at the person next to you or behind you. Look at them. Do you like them? Do you get on with them? 
because it's completely irrelevant, because you will spend eternity with that person. So you better get used to it, even though they will be perfect in that time. So if we are obedient to Christ, then he gives us that promise of abundant life. Amen.